As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome back to Wine Times, brought to you in association with the Sunday Times Wine Club, with me, comedian and wine novice, Susie Ruffle. And me, Will Lyons, the Sunday Times Wine Columnist and Vice President of the Sunday Times Wine Club. Throughout this series, we'll be joined by a handful of your favourite celebrities for great wine and great conversation. As always, I'll be sharing my expert wisdom on all things grape-related, from the history of vineyards across the globe to the science behind your favourite wines. And I'll take on my favourite role as apprentice of wine, the voice of the people, as I inquisitively ask the questions we're all thinking, like, does a screw top mean it's cheap? Not necessarily, Susie. There are cases where... Whoa, 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 whoa. You're still not getting this. You have to save the goodies for the podcast. We're here in Borough High Street's oldest and most marvellous 17th century pub, the George Inn. So here's to good wine and good times. Discussing and decanting with Susie and myself today is comedian, author and former doctor, Adam Kay. In 2017, Adam merged his talent for writing, witty charm and lived experiences being a doctor all into one to publish what can only be described as a painfully good book, This Is Going To Hurt. On a personal note, I've read it twice and I think it's brilliant. Now, five years on, a tour show, a BBC series adaptation and millions of raving reviews, Adam has published what he has named the prequel and the sequel to that book called Undoctored, the story of a medic who ran out of patience. Today we hear more from the man himself on how his new book is said to be even more honest than his last and we'll be prescribing Adam our own form of medication, a glass of wine. Or three. Hello, Adam. Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, excited to be day drinking. I don't know if, how much people know about the behind the scenes, but we're in a pub, it's very much the morning, yes. and there's loads of wine everywhere. Welcome. <laughs> well, it's, it's just gone, I think, just gone beyond 12 o'clock, isn't it? So. I mean, so just. <laughs> so just. <laughs> Said like a true drinker. It's, it's past midday. We like to go on a journey in this podcast. We have three different wines. And actually, we're only going to France today. So all three wines are from France. Adam, it's quite a posh choice because I thought, as a former doctor, doctors always have quite discerning palates. Mm. I Do thought they? We would, we, we, yeah. would, we, would gel. <laughs> we would bring out the posh stuff today. And Exciting. we're going to the home of sort of Chardonnay. We're going to Burgundy first. So this is a, a white Burgundy from the Sunday Times Wine Club. And I always like to imagine how we would get there or set a sort of geographical scene. So to get to Burgundy, it's a wonderful area because you can get there by train, which I always think is quite romantic because mm. I love the sort of romance of wine. And of course, so we would go up to St Pancras, get mm-hmm. the Eurostar. We'd arrive in Paris, hopefully in time for lunch. And I'd take us all to Le Dôme in Montparnasse, which I discovered in the summer, which is a really traditional Parisian 
brasserie. I think it's about 150 years old. Hemingway went there, Somerset Morn used to go there. Zinc tops. We have a nice lunch. Sure. And then we could probably just get the, um, why not? We'll get the Metro. Why are we doing? Why are we doing this podcast? I know, because, <laughs> I know. No, I know. That sounds much better. It's we're a, we're it, at the top of a pub be. in Borough. <laughs> Shh, <laughs> Adam, please stop ruining our show. <laughs> so after our, I mean, now after lunch, it'll be about four o'clock, wouldn't it? No, yeah, three, sure. maybe three. We, yeah. we we go to Gare de Lyon, probably on the metro, just as quick, isn't it? And then we then we get the train down to Dijon, and then you get onto a little train. And it cuts through. Have we got any like tins of wine for the journey? Because well, this, yeah. is, this is it's yeah. quite we've yeah. changed five times now. Yeah. I think we'd be, yeah, we yeah we probably have to have um, a few bottles with us, and then we get to um, Burgundy. So, so we would alight utterly hammered by the time yeah. we get there. <laughs> <laughs> and we wouldn't be able to appreciate this lovely wine. <laughs> and this is a thin strip of land that goes down from Dijon to Lyon, mm-hmm. and it's I think it's become the most uh, sought after and collectible uh, wine in the world. Wow. It's home to some of the most expensive and valuable wines there. And it just took off. It was always, it was always um, sought after. But in, in, in the last few years, the, the, I'm talking about the whole region now, mm-hmm. it has just taken off. And the very top wines there, you know, in the late 90s, you used to buy them for about 70 to 80 pounds a bottle, which was a lot, but they are. Some still of the is great, a lot. Yeah, it's still a lot. <laughs> but now they're selling for... Twenty thousand. <gasps> so it's huge. Oh, you grand. have treated me. Okay, great. <laughs> okay, Thanks so very much. Twenty grand of wine. So my job Cost is. Living. The, <laughs> I need to sniff out things that you know, that in terms of their taste and flavour, really punch above their price tag. And of mm. course, all those wines from the Cote de Nuit, we can't afford anymore. Who can afford to spend all that money on, on a bottle of wine? So I'm looking for the next big thing. So if we go further south, we're in the Cote Chalonnais which is almost like the forgotten sub-region of Burgundy. Uh, the great variety Chardonnay. And I'll just pour this out. I'm not one of nature's Chardonnay drinkers in general. Well, are you an ABC? ABC. Anything, anything but Chardonnay. Because, you know, when you know when we were at university, that was the time of the okey-okey, quite bad Chardonnay. <laughs> yes. And that's quite, that's quite a hard one to shift. No, that's a really interesting point because in the 80s and 90s, but you were in university then. Late nineties, yeah, yeah, that's right. Late nineties, um, yeah, we we had lots of Chardonnay from around the world, but they were trying to mimic the great wines of Burgundy, and perhaps the oak was a bit obvious. It's almost like listening to music where they've just got too much bass, or you know, and mm. it, it can have that supple, immediate appeal. But if you're looking for complexity and nuance in flavour, you want the oak to be integrated with the acidity and the fruit. The communes, it's called Domaine Mio. It's new to the Sunday Times Wine Club. And it's organic, going biodynamic, Ooh. which we can talk about. And it's a, it's a classic white burgundy. So that smell, you might Ooh, not like it nice. actually. I don't know if you say you don't like. You don't have to like. You don't have to like it. I'm not going to lie for you. No. <laughs> <laughs> See, I do like it, but I know it's a Chardonnay. From it's got that Chardonnay taste to it, and maybe it's just that it's just in my head that it's sort of. It's got that. Yeah, sort of nuttiness, honeyed, yeah. but almost um, struck match a little bit. Oh, the, yeah. Struck match. See, I, I very rarely eat those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you simply must. They're so nice. After lighting a Joe Malone, I like nothing more than that. Um, <laughs> num, 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 num. Right, well, I'm going to ask one of my stupid questions. Who decides that a wine becomes like 20 grand? Now, I know how things work where more people want it, there's demand, so things get more and more expensive. I understand that. Yeah. But... How does someone go from having a bottle of wine that 20 years ago was, you know, yeah, 90 quid? Yeah. I mean, that is just such an astronomical leap. Is it because it's on list, like 
the top restaurants want it or it's people like you write about it. It's on wine clubs. How does how does that even start? On, a, on, on a very basic level, the sort of sensible answer is it's the it's the internationalization of fine wine. If we go back to the 50s, strangely, London is the sort of clearinghouse of fine wine. So we have the most um, traders here. And so all the wine, all the sort of fine wine in the world is shipped to London mm-hmm. and then traded through London. So after the war, we had it to ourselves, really. Then North America came on stream in the 50s and 60s. That pushed the price up. Then in the, in the 90s, Russia opened up. Lots of wine collectors and wine enthusiasts in, uh, in the former Soviet Union. And then after 08, mainland China opened up. So suddenly you have all of these markets and you have enough billionaires there to want the very best of whatever it is. It could be art, it could be cars, it could be wine. And there are only a finite amount of estates and vineyards in the world that can produce wine of this exceptional quality. Now, in Burgundy, you're looking at vineyards that were planted in the medieval times by the Benedictine monks. And when you go there, the landscape hasn't changed for two or three hundred years. And these vineyards, or they're basically fields, have been there. They've had vines on them for that long. But they just knew that the, the, the complex system of soils matched that particular grape variety, which gives this wine a particular nuance and flavour and an ability to age and improve in the bottle. The other thing is, you can't make those vineyards any bigger. Right. So suddenly, so say you're producing 10,000 bottles of wine a year, every year, and then you've got North America, Western Europe, Russia, mainland China coming on. It's just demand. They need to make them taller, don't they? Yeah. Really tall. <laughs> sorted it out. Yeah. Oh, great. Hack the system. Is it a bit like art where yes. where there are some tastemakers who I think often, who sometimes cheat because they've got lots of those paintings for this artist in their house <laughs> and then say, this is the most amazing thing we're putting on the exhibition. Is there any of that? Yes. That some people can move the dial themselves? Well, there was an incredibly, and he's still alive, although he's now retired, an incredibly famous wine critic in North America in Baltimore called Robert Parker. And he loved a particular style of wine. And his big thing was Bordeaux. And he invented the 100-point scale. So it was copied on, it was sort of um, modelled on the American high school system where you get 50 just for turning up. (laughs) (laughs) So so it's basically like a 20-point scale. I think the worst wines, in the old days, they got late 70s, but it's like, you know, early 80s. You know, he, he became so powerful because a whole generation of American consumers and businessmen used to follow you know, and, and it was good because if you took someone out um, for a business lunch, you didn't really know a lot about wine. Uh, but there yeah. was a score next to it. Fantastic shorthand. Mm. Parker's given it 98. It's got to be good. If so it's that, a really good uh, client, if it's, if it's Adam, you say, right, I want a 100-point one. And if he gave a wine 100 points, when that wine was released, the, the price would leap overnight. I remember when I first started collecting or sort of getting into wine in, at university, there used to be great Bordeaux that were like 10 or 12 pounds a bottle. And he wasn't giving them 100 points, but he was giving them high scores. And suddenly they'd leap up to sort of 35 pounds. And you'd be like, oh no, he's ruined it again. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what happened. He, he, was, he was the last great tastemaker. And we are waiting for another one to emerge. And here I am. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's well nice, buy it, it's lovely. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I I started my uh, professional wine career at school. Yeah. Yes. So I was, so every time I, I think about it or say it, it just sounds bananas. <laughs> but from the age of 15, 16, we had wine tasting lessons at my weird school. Fantastic. And uh, every Friday evening, 
a bunch of us would go to this the old library yeah. where a teacher who I uh, won't name in case it was illegal to get feels, all these kids feels drunk. Like it, feels like it might does have been. a bit. Does um, a little bit, yep. Um, would sort of, would, 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 would taste all these wines. It was a great long table, all these different wines, all the you know, glasses stacked up. And then once a month, on the last Friday of the month, we'd do fortified wines or spirits. So we'd be, even, we're tasting like nine <laughs> vodkas or something. <laughs> and then sort of waddling home. Um, which was, so I was, and like, and he took it really seriously that yes. the bloke who ran it. And we were trying what were clearly white, nice wines. I wasn't definitely concentrating. I might might have just been there to get a bit yeah. drunk. Um, exciting. But the result of this was uh, when I went to university a few years later, I'd spent a few years drinking really nice wine. Mm. Uh, and then everyone was drinking the, you know, the, the Jacob's Hill. Creek and the Rossomil and the, you know, Black Tower and the Blue Nun and... You couldn't you can't you can't, you can't go, back. go back you can't go back <laughs> it's like i imagine like sort of what it's like if you start traveling in business class or something oh, yeah. you're probably not going to want to to start turning right at the plane again so it's um yeah so that that was that was a very i'm only just now almost able to afford the wines that i was drinking <laughs> when i was 16 <laughs> that was probably all for the benefit of the schoolmaster wasn't it so he could Oh yeah, I imagine yeah. he was he was he was uh, either enjoying all of the booze or getting kids drunk. And did you ever do blind tasting where you had to identify? Oh the yeah, country yes, of the, of yeah, the, we did yeah. that. I could not do that. A couple of things which I still remember, which is I think make up the sum of my wine knowledge, which is that if you're looking at a list of wines and you don't know what to uh, order, it's quite difficult and expensive making things like Sancerre and Viognier. So if you order, I don't know if that's true, you can tell me. So if you order those, it's unlikely to be absolute dog shit. <laughs> no, that's a very good idea. I always think that the, the, the best tip is just to ask a sommelier because they put it together. But I'm um, pretending to be sophisticated. No, no. And I want to... He's got in his blue suede shoes. Ask <laughs> a sommelier. What's the variety that it's quite, you know, it's unlikely to be so, there to were be so th- bad that you'll be sick in a bin? I think there are, <laughs> there are sort of three styles of wine which are for consistency and value for money, as you said. Um, you cannot really sort of go wrong. One is um, red Rioja from Spain. Right. Always quite okay. Has a really good fruit. Always tremendous value. The second one would be Cote de Rhone in mm. the southern. In, mm, yeah. In, um, Heard of that one. Yeah. Which again oh. is a. And I suppose well, the third. <laughs> I mean, I could say sherry, but that's a fortified wine. So that's slightly. So cheating. they would judge me if I had that with yeah. my, with my but, pasta main. But you could do, I mean, for, 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 for sort of consistency, would be New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. But it's a little populist if you're trying to look sophisticated. Yeah, you know. saying I'll have what a sound I think a good hack, Auckland. which is my hack, so I don't know if everyone agrees, is to think counterintuitively. So if you think of the great fine wine regions of the world, think of Bordeaux, famous for red wine, which we're going to have a bit later, um, Champagne's for... for Famous for sparkling wine, New yeah, Zealand. I've heard, actually. I know they're good for. <laughs> I know Champagne region's good for um, sparkling wine. Yeah, yeah. we're all learning. Yeah, um, it's great. <laughs> but have a look around and see what else they have on the list from that region, and it's 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 bound to be good because they put it on the list. It's going to be interesting. So in Bordeaux, they have very good white wine, and then Champagne, they've got something called Boozy Rouge, which is a Ooh. still, yeah. Sort of table wine, which is nice. Red. Yeah, yeah. Presumably, yeah. Red, 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 if you can find it. So you were saying that this one is organic. 
Yes. This estate is going towards biodynamic, which you see a lot now in the wine world. And this is based on a series of lectures, you probably know this, Adam, by Rudolf Steiner in the 1920s. And it's basically alternative farming. Mm -hmm. So there's no pesticides, there's no chemicals, but also you make herbal preparations, which you then plant in. So, you know, they have sort of cow, cow horns uh, filled with fertilizer, stinging nettles and things like that. You pick the grapes to the lunar cycle. They do, I, I'm sorry, does that, does that feel just a little bit like... Crystals. Does it it feel a little bit like someone's like if you hold if you hold the gem stick and you dance and you're you're nude? Can you taste the diff? That's the thing. Exactly. I get. I get. This was picked by someone that was naked. I I I can tell that you know we need to be helping the world, and I think that's a good that's a good reason to do uh, you know ecological slash organic anything. But when you're tasting it, can you be like? This tastes better because... Biodermic wine, in my opinion, having tasted lots and lots of it, but I had a, an epiphany at a place called Chateau Fonoroc in saint Emilion in Bordeaux where I was tasting through all of his barrels and I didn't know that he, he was experimenting going sort of biodynamic on one plot, which we then went to see afterwards. And by the way, there was lots of grass and flowers and bees and on the plot next Aye. to it, it was sort of quite, um, quite barren. But as we went through the barrels... We got to this biodynamic one. He didn't tell me it was biodynamic. I said, wow, this tastes so, it's so much purer. It's so much lighter. It's got more sort of floral aromatics. It's just, it just feels more delicate. And his whole face lit up. He thought, ah, <laughs> now, yeah, it, that, that, that's my biodynamic. And oh. is it like at the in the vegetable aisle where the um, where the organic courgette is three times as much yeah. as the, uh, it as can the be. other one? It can be. Right. But then wine has its own currency. What I would say is I'm very open-minded about it, but I did meet a winemaker in Burgundy who was going back to um, university to learn biodynamics in, in sort of evening school. And he said he was very open to the idea as well. But when one of the students said they were going to go and sleep naked in the vines... <laughs> is that thought, true? Yeah, that's, that's what was, he told me. He said, I well, that's, I just beforehand. thought we were going a little bit too far. But no, I think it's good. I think I anything I've nude like, before because of wine, that's I, I fine. Can, I can always taste it when there's been a, a naked student lying by the... <laughs> By the vineyard when I'm drinking a glass. Yeah, um, you've always said that. Yeah, it's on my 100-point scale. Get get 10 of them for that. Well, we're staying in France for wine number two. Where are we we off to? We're leaving Burgundy. We're Mm -hmm. going 500 miles south to the southwest of France. I picked this one because it's made from a great variety called Tannet, and it comes from a place called Madara in southwest France. We're below Bordeaux. And I was heavily influenced when I was learning how to taste wine, by this whole concept that red wine is good for your health. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, much <yeah. laughs> so much so that I once interviewed Professor Roger Corder from the William Harvey Research Institute, who wrote a book about, um, I think it was D- Dr. Thomas Stutterford wrote the first book on wine and health. And then um, Roger Corder wrote The Wine Diet, fantastic book about how you can preserve your life by having two to three small glasses a night. That's the key thing, isn't it? Moderation. But what he found in this book, what he outlines in this book, certain wines that are more healthy than others, that have more polyphenols, I think that's the right word, isn't it? Or more yeah. r- revastral. And I mean, he, yeah. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's, you can read a different newspaper every, yeah. you know, there will be an article today and tomorrow and the next day about how red or white wine or beer is either good or bad for you or coffee. Mm. And the truth of it is, 
that there is some evidence in one direction and some in the other direction. The, the thing that people say about red wines in particular is that they've got these polyphenols, these antioxidants. Antioxidants, in theory, get rid of uh, what's known as free radicals, yes. uh, which is the band that did uh, You Get yeah, What You yeah, Give yeah, in, in the song. 90s. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> And, you know, free radicals are associated with with cancer developing and they're all, you know, and they'll, they'll talk about heart health and stuff. But ultimately, the evidence isn't sort of mega, mega strong. And also the main health effects of alcohol, it has to be said, are negative. Yeah. You know, it's a hugely what? addictive. <laughs> <laughs> this is brand new information. <laughs> so it's like. If you are one of these people who drinks in sort of laboratory conditions and has a you know a thimble full of this and it has a marginal effect on your heart health or your chances of getting some cancer or another, maybe. But I th- I don't think anyone should choose a particular wine necessarily on on the basis of it's what it's going to do for your health or decide to really get into drinking because their doctor would be pleased. <laughs> Wasn't it Churchill when he went to the White House? Oh, and his he, doctor wrote him a note. Yeah, he said, yes. Yes. Is that right? P- yeah. p- prescribing brandy and champagne and yeah. alcohol, Scotch whiskey as well. Wow. But I thought Corder was amazing because he, 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 he actually found the wine that has the most amount of these antioxidants. And it's called the Tannic Grape Variety from the place called Madurat, which is what we have in front of us. But my word, it's a, it's a rustic... It's a big glass. Uh, I'm going to live forever. <laughs> it's a rustic, <laughs> opaque, full-bodied wine. I mean, yeah. th- 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 this is something to go... It's really... It's almost black. Yeah. It's very <laughs> so the, the, Yeah, so if you had... so, ah. And I probably poured you out, you know, more than Professor Corder would recommend This is, idea. This is a this I would call this a home measure. What's the make of glasses that begin with a Z? Mm. Z-glasses? Yeah, glasses <laughs> yeah. Um, so they are, they are the connoisseur's choice. They're the rival to Riedel. They're called Zalto. That's right, Zalto. So that's what I have at home as yeah, well. Yeah, we've got those because, you know, someone very kindly bought us some of those. They are fantastic. We manage... It, it is they're gossamer thin they're made of yeah. an atom of glass all yeah. the way around and i think we've had a couple of days where we've not managed to smash one uh, <laughs> yeah. in the process of like it'll smash if you pour the wine in too fast yeah. it's really amazing but it's very it feels very I amazing mean, so, to drink so from. they are feather light as you said gossamer thin they have um long stems but they do when they improve the taste is i'm really getting to the minutiae now because they Wine definitely tastes different out of those glasses. It's like Coke out yeah. of the glass bottle. Oh, yes. Totally 99% would say better. I would say better as well. But um, most people don't have Zalto glasses. So if you're analysing a wine like I am for the paper, I think you want to put it into a normal glass. Normal mug. Because they're, <laughs> like the rest of us. <laughs> because it's a little bit like speakers. If you have great speakers, you know, on a great stereo system, mm. you know, your dire straits, brother in arms, is going to sound amazing. Yeah. For me, but, it's going to be holiday. I mean, that's that's, sure. that's 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 certainly brother and I'm the only tune I've got. <laughs> <laughs> if you have, but you get what you give. If you have a 1987 cassette hi-fi, it's not going to sound very good, is it? And it's yeah. the same with the glass. It's the same sort of thing. At the beginning of lockdown one, I thought, "Cracky, we're doing a lot of tasting at home now." I bought the whole set of Zalto glasses. They all arrived. I've got one left. <gasps> yeah, <laughs> they all that they're so easy. I think to that's break. what we that's what yeah. we were given. This and yeah. all that's great. All of those sort of brown boxes. It's fantastic. Yeah. I've got one left, and <laughs> I, 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 I haven't broken them all sort of conventionally either. What, what, what I think I snapped the them. dishwasher. Yeah, uh, they, they they don't like a dishwasher. Well, and I don't like washing glasses, so we've 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 reached a compromise where they just smash. <laughs> You've got to be so delicate with them. The worst thing that happened to me was I had them all on my desk, and I had 
the the window open. I left the room and the curtains, the the, the wind blew the curtains, and it smashed the whole lot. It's like a scene <gasps> Could have been a poltergeist. Could have been. I mean, this is it's quite unusual. This wine, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it really. Yes, is. It's, it's an esoteric wine. So yeah, yeah I mean, I, I I bought it on so we could just you know make ourselves feel good about ourselves. In that you know, a glass of wine is good for your health. I feel like I don't have. A... I think this one's good for your health because you don't want to drink much. Of it. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's when you mm. get used to it because it sort of I don't know it sort of hangs around on the tongue quite a while. Yeah. I don't know if that's an official wine wine tasting description. It sort of coats the. It's almost coats chewy. The mouth a bit. So even yeah. the texture's almost chewy. Yeah. Yeah. It's got so much body you can yeah. chew it. <laughs> this is Wine Times with Susie Ruffle and Will Lyons. And we'll be back with more great wine and conversation before you even get the chance to top up your glass. VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings so you can navigate it just by listening books contacts calendar double tap to open breakfast with anna from 10 to 11 and get on with your day accessibility there's more to iphone ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Will, our final wine. Our Where final we wine. We're going a little bit further. We're, we're staying in France. So all three wines are being, and it's a, it's a very smart wine for Adam. So we're going up <laughs> to Bordeaux, the world's finest, well, the world's largest fine wine region. My, I, I'd probably go to say my favourite um, fine wine region. Um, makes hundreds of million bottles a year. It's got over 8,000 different producers. It's defined by the great Gironde Estuary. And on the left bank... You've got the gravel soils, but here you've got, you're, you're, you've got some of the greatest chateau or names in the world of wine: Chateau Margaux, Chateau Mouton Rothschild, Chateau Le Tour, Chateau Lafitte. This wine is the insider's choice. It's called L'Epiphanie de Pauillac. So the communes, as you go up this road, which I think is the most magical road on the wine route, called the D2, you go through Margaux, then you get to Saint-Julien. And then beyond there, you get to Poyac, which is arguably the finest wine-producing village in the whole world. This is home to um, La Tour and Lafitte. This is the home of Cabernet Sauvignon. So you mm. get this sort of magical combination of blackcurrant fruit, aromatics like cedar, dry tobacco. Then you get a refreshing 
acidity on the palate. But these wines have the ability to age and improve in the bottle. So we're drinking this exceptionally young. It's a 2018. This will go on for another five to ten years. Now, a lot of these Chateau, they have their vineyards. They have two or three wines they produce. The Grand Vin, which is Chateau Lafitte. Uh, or Chateau La Tour. Then they have a second wine and a third wine. Then the fruit that doesn't quite make the grade, but is still exceptional because it's come from those vineyards, is called declassified fruit. This is what this wine is made of from one of the great estates of Poyac. But again, we can't say what it is because the great estates don't like you to say what it is. So it gives you a taste of what in the wine world we describe as terroir, you know, um, which is a combination of the soil and the local climate. So is this and, like and, the, and, and, you know, when you go to one of these discount malls and it's got the seconds of the, yes. the of the Gucci's that you can't yeah. afford in Bond Street? And then, so, yeah. Or it's like going to Crockett and Jones, you know, up in Northampton. And, and every Saturday, I think, they put out the seconds. They put out the, 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 the shoes that didn't quite make it. And they sell them through this warehouse shop. I've been up there, not for a while. And I think, they, I think the whole is £100. But per pair, and you look at these shoes. And humans, civilians can't tell the difference between <laughs> yeah. And, and then they're selling them on German Street for seven hundred, eight hundred pounds, and you just you, you, you can't see what 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 the problem is. This is a little like that. Yeah. Welcome to like uh, shoe times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're saying we're drinking this quite young, so it's 2018. We're drinking it now in 2022. If you're saying it will, you know, it'd be good for another five to ten years, is there a point at just say the eleven year mark where it will go? Yeah, yeah. that's just not like. Does it, what happens to it? Yeah, and and then for the, the, that's the big thing for people that collect wine and lay it down and all that sort of business, is that they they hold on for it for too long. You've got the three components. You've got the tannin, which is that sort of bitter tasting that, that, that dries out the inside of your mouth. You can feel it across your tongue now. That's got quite a lot of tannin. With time, that dissipates. Right. And the fruit will emerge and evolve. So you have the primary fruit characters, which become more tertiary, and you get these sort of tertiary aromatics of, as I said before, sort of cedar wood and pencil shavings and dry. Mm-hmm. It just gets more complex and nuanced, a bit like sort of old cheese, as it were. Right. With time, if, if, if you've let it go too long, the fruit sort of tends to disappear, and it can start tasting a little bit sort of sherried. Right, and it right. just—it's just gone. It's the yeah. It's it's not you, undrinkable, but it's yeah. I've had that experience. Have you been in a scenario where someone's sort of gone? I've got this incredible bottle, and I've had it for twenty years, and then everyone's drunk it and sort of gone, oh. Well, I've had one where I took somebody out. He might even be listening, and I had an amazing bottle in front of us from Bordeaux. I won't name what it was, and we opened it up with a sommelier because I brought it into the place. He decanted it. I took a sip, and I said to our my friend. I said, we've got about 20 minutes to take to, to, to drink this because it will be like a ghost. It, 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 it's falling down already. And I was absolutely right. And by the end of it, by the end of sort of 15, 20 minutes, the fruit just disappeared, the fruit flavour. And it was started to sort of taste of almost like ash. <laughs> Not that I go around drinking ash, but... The only time yeah. I've ever said you've got 15 minutes to drink this is when there's an Uber on the way. <laughs> like, you've got to get this down, yeah. yeah. 
I, I, I always drink like there's only 15, 15 minutes, minutes yeah. left before the world explodes. I really like this. Yes, yeah. me too. It's lovely. This is great. And I love the texture of it. It's so silky, isn't mm. it? I love it's this. really silky. Did you say sort of blackberry? Or yes. Yeah, yeah that, exactly. That, that's, that's, sort of... that's, the, that's like the, the main bit. And then there's yeah. a sort of smoky, yes. smoky mm. aspect to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I like to keep it simple. Just say dark fruit, because otherwise it confuses. Yeah. But yeah, but it's black guy. Yeah. And that yeah. smoky character. This and is it's, just, it's just dead nice. Yeah. So is it safe to say this one's your favourite, Adam? Definitely my favourite. Yeah. Definitely. This is just really, just lovely. It's really nice. It's really... Do you ever drink on stage? Always, yeah. Well, Do you? why don't you take yeah. the rest of that bottle with you and oh, have it yeah. I'm, on I, stage I, at Hammersmith Apollo tonight? I, I drink white wine on stage. Damn. Um, and it's Do you want to uh, take the Chardonnay that you don't like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take that for the warm-up act. <laughs> yeah, very Mark good. Watson's on my... Well, he, he mostly drinks red on stage, so what but do you do? But do? do you find that it affects how you think and taste? Or I mean, There's a you... sweet spot. Yeah. Mm, I agree. Um, and I go on stage um, having had one glass of wine beforehand, and then I slowly, over the hour and a half or whatever, I'm on stage, sort of work my way through a second yeah. glass. What I do when I'm on tour is I... Don't drink in the first half, and then I have probably yeah. half a glass of wine in the interval, and then I take the rest of the glass on with me. And it sort of reminds me to pause because I think there's oh, something yes. when you're on stage, you can just gabble and yeah. sort of get lost in a thing. Yeah, exactly. And I think that it really, I think you can often tell a very new comedian when they're like, I need to get through the material, I've got to get through it. Whereas if you've got the confidence to walk over to a table and have a drink, the whole audience goes, Ah, oh, she knows what she's doing. <laughs> she's got the confidence to pause <laughs> yeah. for long enough to have a drink. And to yeah. leave a little bit of silence. I do this. I also, I also have a, uh, a main course. <laughs> <laughs> Just do it. You do a mushroom risotto on stage, don't you? Just. <laughs> um, I would say that that one is my favourite as yeah. well. Well, the last one They're I loved. Good. Well, it's just really nice. L'Epiphany de Poyac from Bordeaux. Yeah. And, and also, can you show me the label? Because yeah, so I'm very judgmental on the label. Well, it's a gold label. Quite gold sort of, label. Quite, oh, it's a bit showy. Yeah. You'd be happy going to someone's house with that, wouldn't you? Yes. It's, yeah. Nice. Like you know what we, you're talking about. Yeah, because that's the thing. Because I know, I know it's a book and it's cover and all that, and it should make no difference. But you do sort of. Of course you do. You do yeah. want to. If you, you know, if you go. Most of the time, when I'm buying a bottle of wine from a shop, it's because I'm I'm going out somewhere yeah. and uh, and doing that and you want it to look nice that looks that looks also smashing. someone that sold millions of copies of a book i think the cover does matter a bit of course it does <laughs> of course it does and also you must judge a book by its cover because i haven't paid any attention to that why do i think they've paid any attention to like checking it's not full of spelling mistake or the the Page nine is repeated 15 times. At Which it is, weirdly, in Adam's book. But I didn't mind <laughs> It's just it. the thing I do. I, I, thought, I thought it said something about the doctors, sort of how their days were always the same but different. There was something in it. There was a metaphor that I loved. Adam, you've been a fantastic guest. They're Thank fantastic. you for talking to us. No, thanks for having this me. This still one of my faves. Yeah, absolutely smashed. <laughs> <laughs> I got more confidence. And now it's half 12 and you go out into the world. <laughs> That's it from us. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Wine Times in association with the Sunday Times Wine Club. Produced by Anya Pierce and the series producer is Ben Mitchell. You can follow the podcast so you never miss an episode. Just do this via your favourite podcast app. We'll be back next week with more delicious wine and another great guest. Remember that all of the wines we tasted today are noted in the episode description and you can get your hands on all of them from the Sunday Times Wine Club website. From all of us here at the Georgian, thank you very much for listening and we hope to see you next week for more Wine Times. Psst, Will. Yes, Susie. 
We have something very exciting coming up round the corner, which I think we should let our listeners in on. Oh, yes, we do. On Monday, the 12th of December, we're hosting a live podcast recording of Wine Times, which will be exclusively for subscribers to The Times and Sunday Times via Times Plus. That's right. Will and I will be sipping on a selection of wines handpicked by the Sunday Times Wine Club live and in person. If you're a subscriber and want to enter the ballot for tickets to join us and get a taste of some of the incredible wines we enjoy drinking with guests on the podcast, then head to mytimesplus.co.uk forward slash events. Yes, that's right. You can find all the details on mytimesplus.co.uk forward slash events. Tickets are limited and only available to Times Plus subscribers. So if you haven't yet subscribed, then what are you waiting for? We'll see you there. Cheers. VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.